This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Greetings, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host for Real Presence Live today, coming to you from the University of Mary atop the hill overlooking the Missouri River Valley. It is a gorgeous view, and it's always a beautiful day here. We're so glad to have our students on campus with us, still plowing, plugging around, uh, getting what they need to do done in person, which is really beautiful. We're really blessed here at the University of Mary. I'm joined now with uh, Father Dosh, the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Bismarck. Father, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's great. I see you wearing a You Mary Marauders shirt. Just picked this up last week. I had the old logo on the quarter zip, so I had to get a new one. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, out with the old, man. That's like like two years old already. We got to get the new stuff. (laughs) Actually, they're selling the old stuff now as vintage, and some of the students are really getting after it. Really? Yeah, it's a great marketing ploy. It's already throwback. <laughs> it's already throwback. That's how fast we move in this culture. It's yeah. already way throwback. That's a whole year ago. <laughs> Grace, Father Dash, you're the director of vocations. Um, people have heard you on the radio uh, before. You've been on Real Presence Live. Uh, but just uh, to those who are hearing you for the first time, uh, where are you from? What are you up to? Yep. So my name is Father Jordan Dash. I'm the, the director of vocations, as you said, for the Diocese of Bismarck. So basically each diocese has a director of vocations, uh, a priest who is in that assignment to be able to help the seminarians uh, throughout their couple years of formation, as well as um, being able to help any young man who's trying to discern that call and walk him through the application process, kind of see when he's ready. So this is my first year in this assignment. I started uh, July 1st this last year. For the three previous years, I was at Trinity High School in Dickinson. I was a teacher and chaplain out there. Okay. And you were uh, preparing for this role uh, for a whole year. I think you were kind of working with Father Waltz, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's different for every diocese, but Mm. typically um, the vocation director serves for five to ten years. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends on uh, who's coming up, uh, replacement for him. And, um, yeah, within the first couple of years after I was ordained, Father Waltz made it known that uh, he was going to put my name forward. Uh, So... The last year, I was the assistant vocation director, which meant uh, I traveled around with him, sat in on meetings, kind of got a taste of uh, what the responsibilities would be like. So, yeah, for the last year, um, I was kind of working my way into the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the assistant now is Father Dominic Bauck. Yep, that's uh, correct. At the university. So he's trying to take over your job. Is that the deal? <laughs> well, okay. So kind of, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> It, it's really, so I always joke about that with him as well. Uh, but um, so the assistant role, like, okay, so sometimes it does mean that he's going to be working into the role, uh, as in my case. Uh, sometimes it just means he's fulfilling other duties. So yeah. our diocese, the Diocese of Bismarck, is pretty small uh, insofar as we really only need uh, one main vocation director. Sure. Um, other dioceses that are really big will have multiple vocation directors just because yeah. there would be more paperwork and uh, events like that. Uh, but uh, Father Dominic Bauck uh, is the chaplain out here at the University of Mary, and he's the assistant vocation director uh, because, um, you know, University of Mary is a very uh, fruitful uh, spot for vocations. Uh, so we want to be able to have a priest out here with the title of vocation director who can help young men answer that call. Uh, so this is his first year in that role, his first year also out here at the University of Mary. 
and uh, hopefully uh, just you know being able to be there to support the, the young men and answer those questions that they may have as they're discerning. Yeah, that's really, really great. He's doing a great job. He's I, Everywhere I go, I see him. He's all over the place, uh, really making his presence known. So it's really beautiful to have him here at the University of Mary uh, to kind of co- co-labor with him for souls on campus. Um, just on this topic, uh, some dioceses also have like sort of vocation teams yeah uh, other people that uh work with them i actually don't i'm not from this diocese so i don't know what that looks like what is are there other people other priests maybe chaplains in high schools or other lay people or deacons yeah. or religious or i mean what does that yeah look like yeah no that, that's that's actually a great question something i've been uh thinking and praying about a lot this year uh so every year there's um the national conference of diocesan vocation directors uh, they put on a conference every single year and this year uh due to COVID, it was a virtual uh, but within that, they had uh, some small talks of like big dioceses and small dioceses just to kind of see what's going on. Sure. So I was obviously with the, the small diocese group. And uh, a lot of what they were proposing was uh, this idea of vocation teams of, you know, multiple priests. Uh, I know one diocese, they have like six vocation directors and they all kind of take a region. Sure. And then there's one kind of who's in charge of all of that. Um, there's some that uh, have lay personnel on there. Um, some uh, deacons, right? So just kind of a big variety of people. And uh, as I was sitting through these meetings, uh, I mean, I never really understood why. I mean, it can work. Obviously, like different perspectives is is very valuable. Uh, But it seems like um, some dioceses are kind of like panicking uh, for vocations and and trying to almost reinvent the wheel and how they're trying to approach it. And in my idea, you know... um, I don't think we necessarily need a vocation team if uh, our pastors and the good priests of the diocese are kind of doing their role. Uh, you know, canon law talks about how, um, you know, cultivating vocations should be a priority for pastors. Right. Uh, so, for example, you know, um, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not the one that's out there, like, you know, trying to get guys to sign up. Uh, but more so, uh, once a young man is brought to my attention, then that's when I help walk him through that process. So uh, we just had Father Gary Benz on here, priest down in uh, New England, North Dakota. It'd be impossible for me, who's living in Bismarck, who doesn't have any connection, to know of a young man in New England, North Dakota. Right. When in reality, the person who would be most closest to that would be Father Gary Benz. Yes. Right? So the pastor, I mean, if I want a vocation team, they're the pastors in the Diocese of Bismarck. There you go. Right? So, so it'd be Father Gary Benz who would... Uh, you know, call me and just say, you should give this guy a call. You know, there's this young man in my parish. He's the one who knows his parishioners, right? And yeah. uh, so I was thinking about this during uh, times of COVID because, you know, everyone's trying to do no- new things. And I've really noticed it this year. <laughs> so it's my first year. So I guess I don't really know any different. Yeah. But almost everything that I've tried to do this year has been compromised. Yeah. Uh, you know, like all, all of my trips, even going to visit the seminaries, uh, talks that I plan to give. Uh, and it's, um, it, it's, 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 it's basically forced me to be more dependent, uh, on God on this and just like realize that it, it's not about my work. It's not about what I do that produces vocations. It's not about forming this vocation team that wh- what it is, is, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're getting back to basics of these pastors being there for the young men to help support it. So even though my talks have been compromised, even though my traveling has been compromised, all these different things that I normally would do to help young men, young men make that decision. Even though um, 
I'm not able to do that as well this year. The thing that hasn't changed is the parishes, right? So God willing, these young men who are discerning are staying faithful to the sacraments and to the prayer. And that's something that uh, God willing, their pastor would be attentive to right. something that they would see and be able to point out. Right. So um, it's made me uh, more dependent on more things. So first is the pastors and they're willing to, to help, but also just on, um, you know, uh, God's grace in this. Um, and it's, um, kind of a strange thing because it's, it's not about the talks. It's not about the traveling. I can't control when a young man will reach out and finally make that decision. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we just pray to the master of the harvest that eventually the young man will get that courage to, to reach out. So, right. um, that's something that I've been focusing on this year. I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The spiritual poverty yeah. uh, of recognizing that, uh, we can do a lot of great things, um, but all the great things that we might be able to do, they're all, they're all beginning with the Lord anyway, and He's the one who makes them fruitful. So He, he, he chooses most of the time to make use of us to do things, hmm. but He has no need of us to do the things that He wants to do. Yeah. And so you can yeah. end up with more vocations in a time uh, where you're not engaging them at all because the Lord's like, yeah, I'm going to do something. Yeah, and if he, if he wants to do something, he'll do it. Yeah, and it's not hard for him, right? So I think this is a really beautiful uh, reflection and like just this realization that uh, we have a vocation team. It's called the Catholic Church. <laughs> it's yeah. called parishes with pastors, and they're on the ground, right? So uh, the primary, the primary vocation team is already set up for you. It's really great. Um, this is way off topic, mm-hmm. uh, possibly, but I'm gonna. I'm going to weigh in on it. I'm going to, I'm going to go there and you don't have to engage this conversation. You can <laughs> Father, let's talk about something else. But, uh, this, this is a fresh conversation I just had with a friend of mine. He is, uh, working in vocations in another place and, uh, is at a religious house, um, mm-hmm. a monastery of sorts. We'll say, I'll just leave it as general as possible and, uh, visiting, uh, he's leading a retreat for the people that are there, the professed people and visiting with one of the, uh, young uh, people at this community, um, the person said, I'm so grateful to be able to be here because uh, a number of years ago I was at a, an event and I told the, the bishop of this place, I told the bishop that I was thinking about a vocation. <clears throat> and the bishop looked at me and said, why would you do that? Religious life is mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And actually swayed the person away from discerning or even thinking about uh, religious life. Mm. Um, And this was within the last 15 years. uh, And this person still ended up able, overcoming that, uh, and ended up in a a religious community. And is so grateful that the Mm. Lord protected and provided uh, because uh, it was just like crazy. So my friend, who's a priest, was like, dude what the heck was going on in the life of the church where people like bishops yeah even were saying to the faithful maybe not obviously not all bishops but at least one mm-hmm. uh was saying to the faithful don't think about those kinds of things anymore sort of a i don't know if it was a spirit of vatican too i don't even know what yeah. it was or just some something else so um that was just like it was so concerning to me to hear this, uh, and so to know that there are there are priests 
uh, like yourself and others who are like, no, the Lord is the Lord is at work. The master of the harvest is at work. Yeah. We need to cooperate with him and and participate. I mean, it's like getting back to basics. Here's a basic: don't tell young people that <laughs> vocations are dead. Yeah, like yeah. that would be a basic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you're if in your in your short time only of only yeah. a year, so you're seeing sort of like real roadblocks that people are putting up that don't need to be there, or just like let's just get back to the basics. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I completely agree. So, um, one of the previous vocation directors for the Diocese of Bismarck was Monsignor Gerald Walsh. Uh, he became vocation director when he was 63 years old. So, I mean, I'm 30 years old right now. <laughs> he was quite a bit older. But you know what? He was an incredible priest who held the diocese together during some very difficult times. Mm. And uh, he wrote a book uh, about vocations called God Still Calls. Ah, look at he, that. I mean, like, so, things haven't changed. You know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. God still calls. You know, religious vocations are still there. Um, and that's something that him in his later priesthood was just so edified by was that young people still answer this call. And, it, and it's, you know, we, so we can get in the way of God's grace, such yes. as the bishop in this case, you know. But our entire goal is to, you know, uh, to try to cooperate with it and not get God not get in the way. Yeah, exactly right. So there's this one bishop saying, don't do this anymore. And then there's another priest in Bismarck, North Dakota saying, no, no, God still calls. He still calls. It's <laughs> still, still calls. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, we're going we're gonna to run off to a break here. We'll come back. We'll continue uh, speaking about vocations and what the, the Diocese of Bismarck is up to. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo, near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. 
You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everybody. This is Father Vasa continuing as your host for today's edition of Real Presence Live. We are visiting with Father Dosh, the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Bismarck. We are having chats about uh, his first year. Uh, what this looks like, getting back to basics uh, with regard to cultivating religious vocations, um, things that can get in the way uh, in our off-air just chat. We were chatting about that there are, yes, it is God's grace that is going to accomplish all things, but uh, uh, we can uh, try to get in His way uh, by doing things that are just uh, silly. Uh, that we ought not do. So we're not going to weigh into all those during our time. You have to get into our. Uh, you have to get our uh, full subscription to get the backstage pass to get the off-air <laughs> commentary. That's going to cost you. It's going to cost mm-hmm. you. You can call our advancement director to get the the off-air priest uh, conversations. <laughs> but uh, we are we're here at the University of Mary, Father Dosh. Uh, we're sitting up on top of the hill. Uh, you mentioned Father Bauk. We should have had him in here. We could have had a good uh, good little chat about what's happening mm. here. Um, but there's something going on here at the University of Mary that I think you're assisting with, uh, and I don't know a whole lot about it. Maybe we could just talk about it for a little bit. Um, we have a, a, a house called the Catholic Studies House uh, that uh, a family was living in, and they were hosting a lot of our, our Catholic Studies um, events. They're, that family is no longer there, and there's now a bunch of guys living there. Can you just mm-hmm. walk us through what... You, you're helping with that, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yep. great. Yep. Uh, so walk us through what's... Yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. So I knew that in moving into this role of vocation director that I'd like to be involved in University of Mary in some way. I wasn't quite sure how or what I would be doing. Yeah. Um, so one, once the announcement was made, I had a meeting with uh, Monsignor Shea, and uh, I thought we were uh, just going to be kind of talking about, uh, you know, different ways that I could be involved. And he proposed this idea. He said that uh, the, the university owns this house that's close to campus, which is kind of rare because University of Mary's, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So to have a, a house that's close to campus uh, would be a, a huge benefit uh, to the university. And he said in the past, uh, different uh, professors or vice presidents uh, have lived in the house uh, as they're trying to find a different place to live in town. Okay. And uh, he threw out the idea of having this um, kind of as a house of formation. Uh, for young men. Um, so for my minor seminar, I went to the University of St. Thomas, where this kind of Catholic studies program started. And they had um, a Catholic men's house there on campus. So it is something that I was familiar with. Um, I knew about it. And it was something that uh, we wanted to start here. So uh, there was really uh, two different ideas with how we were going to approach this house. The first was, is this going to be a house of discernment? So you you don't have to seriously be considering the priesthood if you want to live in this house. The second idea was that this was going to be a Catholic, virtuous men's house. Catholic men who are trying to live a virtuous men together. So uh, we ended up going with the latter. Uh, and, and I think it's the good decision. Our reason for it was that I don't want this house uh, to be confused with a seminary. Uh, we, as of now, we don't have the intention of starting a seminary. And, and, and uh, the seminary is the most appropriate place for this discernment to happen. So the young, young man's discernment should be whether or not he should join seminary, not you know, trying to see the finish line of whether or not he's called to be a priest. And we didn't want uh, this house uh, to be a compromise uh, for young men to join seminary. Uh, but also, um, 
that would limit a lot of people uh, who um, would live in the house. So it limit the people who would live in the house, and I think it, it might encourage young men from joining the seminary or discourage young because they would think that this was the seminary, this was the discernment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our idea was uh, this is a Catholic virtuous men's house in which if you are a young Catholic man trying to live a virtuous life, the discernment of the priesthood should be a part of that. It should be natural to that, sure. right? So uh, we, um, uh, there's nine guys living in the house. They went through an interview process. And since it was the first year, um, it was kind of strange how it worked out. We uh, kind of had to pick them. And all, every, every guy that we asked wanted to live in the house, wow. uh, which, which is awesome. Uh, but in years to come, there'll be an application and an interview process. Uh, so they have four pillars of life. Uh, we didn't just, you know, want to throw nine guys into a house and say, all right, you know, be Catholic. <laughs> but we gave them, like, expectations of what their life should look like and uh, what we should uh, hold them accountable to. Uh, so uh, the first pillar is charity um, and uh, specifically hospitality, since we're on a, a Benedictine uh, campus, uh, that that house hosts, as you mentioned, a lot of Catholic study events. So uh, pre-COVID times, there would be uh, two events a week in which uh, they would host different Catholic study events. So these uh, young men would be responsible for setting up, taking down, be hospitable to uh, all the students and professors that would come out to the house for these events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also under charity, uh, you know, just being a good example on campus, right? So not to just have what's happening in the house stay at the house, but to bring it onto campus as well to, um, you know, help help uh, uh, spread the word and, and just kind of encourage... Uh, good masculine uh, faith mm-hmm. in there. Uh, so mm-hmm. charity is the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, faith or prayer is the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is specifically a Catholic men's house. So we're asking the men to uh, participate in frequent, frequent confession, uh, mass as often as they can, daily mass, and a, a couple holy hours a week. Um, so we, we didn't make that one as concrete because each guy's schedule is a little bit sure. different and it's kind of hard to... Uh, taken all, all of their different schedules. So uh, the next pillar is fraternity, uh, which is to be able to hold the other men accountable to this rule of life. So taking in all the different schedules, fraternity, the pillar of charity should hold the other brothers accountable to having a life of prayer. Also with prayer, they pray every night together, they pray night prayer together Great. or rosary together or something. Um, so fraternity, um, a, a big reason uh, why this house would be so good is um, we're, we're trying to uh, take the good things from seminary. So seminary, you know, you have good men living on the hall, all striving for virtue, holding each other accountable. And uh, those are the things that we're trying to cultivate in this house as well. Um, that, you know, nine guys living together who all want to be Catholic uh, can, can really hold each other accountable. So fraternity is a, a big one. And then the last pillar is study. So they're students. Uh, we ask them to maintain a certain GPA uh, and that they uh, have an atmosphere of uh, study within the house during certain hours of the day. So just kind of a quiet atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, they, they help each other on campus as well with that. So charity, fraternity, uh, prayer, and study are the four pillars of the house. Wow. Sounds like... Uh Sounds like a college fraternity, but like nothing like most college yeah. fraternities. Well, it actually is, yeah. So, uh, we uh, the first couple of days we were kind of coming up with a name, oh, sure. and uh, 
I, we, we proposed a bunch of different names. Uh, we wanted, you know, uh, we wrote a rule of life, and in there we wanted to, um, you know, devote it to a patron saint under the protection of a patron saint. So we came up with many different saints. Sure. Uh, John Henry Newman. Mm. I, I love Newman. You know, so Newman would be great. Obviously charitable. Obviously incredibly studious. Yeah. Uh, fraternal with his oratories. You know, uh, so he he would have he would have been fantastic, but he's not as uh, relatable <laughs> probably uh, to to younger people. Uh, so Newman was one. John Paul II was a big one that went sure. around. But you know, everything's being named John Paul II <laughs> yeah, now. True. So uh, we actually, since this is the first year, we brought the men into the conversation and just kind of wanted to hear what their thoughts were. And uh, it was overwhelmingly uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. So the form, wow. the form, okay. the formal name is the Fraternity of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Oh wow, it is so, a fraternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. We call it the fraternity. We have so. a frat house at Yeah, I know. I know. I, we're thinking of making sweatshirts and stuff. We gotta. And, yeah, I want one. Yeah, I know. I want to be part of the frat. Yeah. So Dude, yeah, that's they, fantastic. They, yeah, they can have positive influences. And oh you know, like gosh. that's the whole idea behind fraternity. You know, it can be really good or it can be bad. You know, we've, horrible, we've, yeah. we've seen cases in which it goes bad, yeah. but it can also be incredibly good. Absolutely. So that's what we're trying to cultivate. Absolutely. When men, when men uh, build each other up and challenge each other, I mean, and women too. But I'm thinking about yeah. how yeah. many of these Exodus ninety groups have formed over the last number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys getting together and just like bullying each other into goodness. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I don't mean bullying. Yeah. The, whatever, but like really uh, pushing each other and, and, and encouraging each other forcefully as men can do with each other it's like dude get over that get, start doing this or whatever just calling each other to account uh it can be really really good yeah, see yeah. Some great things yeah so you know not only are these men supposed to be um you know growing in their own faith but they're supposed to encourage growth in each other and and also other people on campus so you know if um going to daily mass has become comfortable for them uh, okay, now you need to go out and find one person every single day you want to go to Mass and take them to Mass with you. Right. You know, so just like God, God's not calling you to be comfortable, especially like mm. when it comes to the faith. <laughs> you know, so if, if these, the, these pillars, every single one of these pillars, you, you can never become comfortable with. Uh, you, there's always area of growth for them, which is right. the beautiful thing. You know? Right, right, right. So, and when it comes down to it, um, is this house is going to be as good as they make it. Um, you know, so my, my involvement as vocation director isn't because, um, you know, I'm trying to force vocations out of this house. Uh, you know, God willing, maybe they'll come and this will bear fruit in the future. Uh, but more so I'm kind of there, uh, to hopefully, uh, uh, be an influence of formation and, and help guide the ship, uh, during these times. So I go out there once a week hmm. or mul- I've been out there multiple times a week. Uh, but, you know, give them a talk, hang out with them, watch football with them, you know, uh, cook a meal with them. We're cooking a meal uh, tomorrow night together. What so. time? <laughs> Six <laughs> o'clock. You want to come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on out. So it sounds like it should be a pretty good meal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're good men. And like I said, you know, I'm not there all day long. So, yeah. But they're there all day long. Yep. And they can make the house as good as they want. Right. And it, it so this year, being our first year, it's actually gone extremely well. Well, there's some great guys there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a thought that I was having. What was it? And now it's leaving me. Oh, a total number that could be in this house. You said there's nine yeah. this year. Is that, is that kind of the target? <laughs> um, nine's comfortable. Okay. I mean... Wait, we're not called for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, kidding. if we want to make it uncomfortable, you could do 10 or 11. <laughs> you know, so I nine mean, is a good number. Okay. It, it's an amazing house. Yep. It really is an amazing house. They have couple of acres uh yes. but yeah 
I mean, as far as living space, and I mean, they're college guys. They're used to living in the small spaces, right. so maybe right. 10 or 11. Okay, so. great. Wonderful. Well, let's ask the Lord's blessing and the intercession of blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati upon that, right. that great endeavor and your work in, in vocations. Father Dash, thanks so much for being with us today yeah, uh, thank to you. talk about what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here. Thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. Great. Everybody, Father Dash is a wonderful priest of the Diocese of Bismarck, Director of Vocations. I'm so glad he was with us today to visit about a number of things. We'll take a short break, but uh, up next, we're not done. We're still here. Real Presence Live. We're still here. How can we plan on being successful uh, as an athlete, a Christian athlete? Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We'll be back on Real Presence Live with a coach from the University of Mary, Coach Joe Cattell. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 